Yeah, Jack Burns. Yeah, Jack Burns. Burns. Burns and Schreiber. Oh, Burns and Schreiber. I don't uh, know, he man. Was more- <laughs> Keep adding He's a names. comedy, famous You can keep adding to- names I don't know to see if I remember what more. The- <laughs> you kids today. Welcome to the Barefoot Comedy Podcast. That's Joby Sad talking. Yes. Telling me about his friend Jack Burns who just passed. Passed away about a w- less than a week ago, I think. Pot a little liquor for Jack Burns. Yes. And uh, comics die. It's horrible. It's Why? Horrible. I don't know. I mean, Whoops. Why is that? Why? Uh, I don't know. We're comedians. I know. We're not should, supposed to die yeah, or, or go to prison for raping 40 women when they're sleeping. I don't know That's why, weird. Why you had to go there? Well, because Bill Cosby. Oh, Cosby, right, of course. <laughs> you didn't know who I was talking about. Yeah. There's a lot of comics that have that happen? <laughs> no, just the one. Well, actually, there's more, but I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Some haven't been caught yet? Oh, my God. No, no. You know, anyway. They no, die. But, yeah, I, you know, I, I thought about that, though. I thought if I was Seinfeld right now, I would uh, re-edit that comedian movie. Why? Oh, oh, because the whole, oh, the whole build right. up, the whole build up to the whole thing is he's gonna go see Cosby. Finally, get to see Cosby. Aren't you excited? You know how you would edit it? How would you edit it? You'd have him where they shut the door when they go into the room and they shut the door and then recut him coming out. Kind of. Where's Bill? I, I just I should... fell asleep and then he's gone. No, you just you just cut him out completely. She just <laughs> they should just have a build up to some another famous comedian. Yeah, but oh, has... Jerry's a consummate comedian. He should make that funny. Exactly. <laughs> he's a perfectionist. Him... Yeah, yeah. You know it's got to bug him. I, I'm sure it bugs him. I'm yeah, sure but he's he, upset about it. There was a scene where they went into that green room, remember? Yeah. And then the camera pans away or whatever, yeah. and that, well, it leaves him alone in there. Yeah. And then they should just cut to, you know, a few hours later, morning, he comes out of the theater, or, uh, at the back door of the theater. He's like, where is everybody? Where's Bill? Mm-hmm. I just woke up and everyone's gone. You know what would really be classy? is if he, classy. If he cut out the whole Cosby ending <laughs> and spliced in another king of comedy that's not famous. Like? Well, gosh. I can't think of anyone. There's so many. What do you mean you can't think of anybody? Um, uh, 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 Don Gavin jumps to mind. Joe B. Sad. Joe B. Sad. Oh, wow, God. Well, Come on. Okay, well, I wasn't going to go there. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, Don no, Gavin. But, Excellent. I mean, but there's yeah, a lot of excellent. great comedians that we're all very familiar with, but don't really have the name recognition. You know, yeah, I love uh, so many great Boston comedians, I think, are just phenomenal, like uh, Don Gavin. Uh, who's going to be here actually at the Laugh Factory in about I think in, in like a month in Vegas? Yeah, that's where I, we are. I, we're in Vegas. I by worked. The way. I worked with we're Don the, Gavin in Vegas here. One of the first. One of my first trips here. We're on actually the 35th at, uh, floor, looking mm. down. Are you? You're not going to move here, are you? Are you moving here? What are uh, you doing? I'm always on the move. I don't. I don't. I don't know how to answer that question. It's like. Uh, you know, do I live somewhere? That's the question. Where Where do I yeah. live? Yeah, weren't you, you know, from? Somebody asked me. Oh, is it Joe? Is that guy from Tennessee? Right. You know, originally. Um, yeah, I'm from Tennessee. Nashville. Yeah, born and raised in Nashville. Right. You but don't live there. You know, though, to do you? tell you the you know, we are here at the MGM Grand Hotel. Yeah. And uh, to tell you the truth, um, this this is in many ways my home right here. Where you are right now. Where we are right in now. In this room. In this room. Is are it? you trying to say you're not leaving? <laughs> no matter well, what I do. When I go to the show, you're going to stay here? I was going to I was going to try to wait and get to that tomorrow. <laughs> I was going to I was going to slowly build to it. In many ways, like the way that I got kicked out of my other hotel room. <laughs> this is now my home. This is my home. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, but I mean, gosh, it's been like 20 years ago. I was, uh, I was uh, playing here at the MGM. Played, I was playing, it was Catch a Rising Star. At the yeah, time. Kevin Kearney. And everything, you know, and I had, I had a girlfriend that I was like really crazy about. Oh. 
And so I invited her Cute. to come to yeah, I invited her to come to my show and and she came and she was like blown away by the whole thing and by the lights and stuff or your act. Yes. <laughs> The production? <laughs> yes, all those things. Oh, everything. Okay, yes, okay. everything. Not just like that. Everything played a played a the role. Sound equipment. I was yeah, and I was yeah, and Carrot Top was here, and I was hanging out with Carrot Top at the pool, and so she was oh, impressed by all yeah. the, the new celebrities. Okay, that, yeah. I think it was the uh, Everly Brothers were swimming in the pool. Really? Yeah, and so that impressed her too. You it was know, a long time ago. Yeah, it was. Were they famous at the time? Okay. Had they been, they had been. Already. Yeah, it was okay, 20, they still are. 20 years ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, you've lost that love, love and feeling. So they weren't, but they, but they didn't have a hit on the charts. Well, they had had it, many hits on the but charts. But they did not currently the, have, they weren't new. Back in the 50s. They hadn't know. just hit no, when no, you were doing this. not quite. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, yeah, she wasn't that impressed with the Everly Brothers. Okay, okay. You didn't have to dig into that, but... Uh, <laughs> But anyway, no, but I tell you, so, I mean, so, we, so we, we spent like the week together. I fell in love, Colin. Yeah, yeah. I fell in love. Did you really? I mean, I was like in love. Mm. And, I love that feeling. And it never happened to me before. Are you serious? Yeah, at that time. Yeah, no, it never happened. So, I mean, so, you know, for forever, you know, we, we were together for about, you know, two and a half years. You got to get that a little closer to your face. Three years, two and a half, three years. Yeah. But, you know, the, anyway, my point is, this is the MGM Grand. It's always been kind of a s special place for me. Oh, I see. Okay. You know what I mean? This is where it all started. Yeah. Where, where your heart took that yeah, skip I mean, the beat home, home is where the heart is. That's heart what is it's here. all about. All right. I see And what that's what saying. this podcast is going to be called. <laughs> home. That's what this episode should be. Home is oh. where the heart is. Yeah. Where is your heart? Uh, the 35th floor of the MGM Signature. Really? Actually, most of it right now is in Savannah, Georgia. That's where my family is. Savannah, that's where you're kids. from. Mm, that's where I live now. Yeah. Uh, I'm from Wisconsin, lived in LA for a long time, and All right. <clears throat> and then moved to Savannah um, five years ago. And my, my uh, I, we just wanted to like live a regular life, you know? It's so expensive mm. in LA. Mm. So, man, I mean, you know how it is, East Coast living, Southern living, it's like a different mm. ball game. Sure. Yeah, so it's nice. But it's great. I mean, you're able to raise a family and have, you know, and have. Uh, yeah, you're like you're like uh, you're like uh, fulfilled. Here's why, though, why I'm able to do that is because it's something else that I think is on our little list here. Um, we were just talking about specials. You were mentioning the dry bar thing. Um, I, I released an album a couple of years ago, and digital performance is a big part of what we do now. Mm -hmm. Where. Um, uh, XM Serious Radio and all these other uh, kind of you can you can make um, mailbox money doing what we do. Really? Yeah. You can uh, you know you can if you have a special or an album or whatever. So the Dry Bar is one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, you know I got lucky and got in the first round of that and we talked about those specials and yeah, yeah you that's were, good. You were saying my mic's not working or something. Yeah. It's oh. working. Yeah. You're good. Okay. I was trying it was, to get it lined up. I was clicking off and off. Oh, that's your headphones. Yeah, my yeah. head. Oh, my headphones. It's your headphone, yeah. Sorry. You were like, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, anyway, congratulations with your drop success. That. Well, yeah. that is huge. I mean, you've gotten over 30 million, 40 million right. hits, and yeah. that is like really taken off. And But I was in the first round of it. Yes. So, what you were saying is well, there was a similar thing that happened to yeah, you. Yeah, I did something what, similar like 20 years ago. That's when my life peaked. Would have been. And, uh, <laughs> in the early aughts or the late 90s. It's kind of true. You did a thing but, called Go Banana. No, go it was bananas. called bananas. Sorry, no, bananas. There was no go. There was no go. Oh, <laughs> it was bananas. No. Oh. Bananas television. It was a. Uh, it was really interesting. And uh, you know, I, uh, I for a long time I pursued that uh, business model that what they were able to achieve and accomplish. It was really uh, a miracle 
But uh, yeah, so I was part of the uh, second season of the television show called Bananas, which was a uh, nationally broadcast uh, cable broadcast uh, TV show. No, no, not cable network. Network broadcast. Was it network? What channel? Do you well, remember? Well, the, here's the interesting thing. It was produced by a, a local uh, independent television station in Columbus, Ohio. Really? Called Guardian, called Guardian Studios. Yeah, Guardian Television, Guardian Studios. So they produced the, the show. Did it Dave Stroop, did Stroop have anything to do with that? The Funny Bone? In no, Columbus? No, and he was very upset about it, and that's mm. why he wouldn't book me. Oh, boy. Wow, you A little really, bit of politics. You really stepped in. I found the sore spot on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's another whole story. But yeah, no, Dave had nothing to do with it. I'm sure it bothered him because they had this hugely successful TV show out of his club that he had nothing to out do with. Out of his club? It was in his club. They shot No produ- way. They produced it in his club. They just rented out the room. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, so I had this huge following in Columbus, Ohio, <laughs> mm. from the show, yeah, from the TV so show. So it was, ca- okay, but it wasn't cable access, local only, no, it, it was, was like it was national. it was shown on network. Anyway, here's the thing. So um, the producers of the show who owned a TV station, they recognized that they had some leeway, they had some freedom in, de- in deciding which shows to broadcast on their local television affiliates. And so many of them would have a half hour, half hour, and they would sell local advertising for that show. And so many of them were not fans of the network shows that the networks were producing. And at the time, Friends was like oh, the yeah. high, that was in the, this was in the nineties. So Friends was the high, the highest, one of the highest rated television shows. And I forget what else they had. There was a there was Cheers, a whole, maybe. Yeah, there was a whole block of them. So. So the guy who produced the show, gosh, that's terrible. I can't think of his name right now. But he... Ted. Uh, no. Phil? No. Jim? No. John, Tom? Sandeek? No. Okay. All right. We'll move past it. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm sorry. This is terrible. But I shouldn't, I shouldn't know his name right now. Ron. But, um, sorry. Go ahead. No. Dave Wilson was one of, the, one of the big shots, one of the producers of the show. and Old uh, Man Wilson's son. Yes. Very mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Very good. Okay. No. Anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> So he so he he thought that if if he was able to produce his own show, that he could potentially compete with the network shows. Yeah, and so so that's what they did. They produced their own locally, you know, produced uh, show, Bananas Television. It was uh, and the concept was the same as Dry Bar is now. Clean mm. clean stand up comedy. There it is. Clean yep. for the whole family. Yep. You know, rare. And so. So so anyway, they put bananas up against friends on their local affiliate and on oh. also local affiliates all over the United States. And bananas had higher ratings than friends. Really? Really. People wanted stand up again. And After it, this post eighties, post any of the improv and all well, that. Yeah, this was yeah, this was ninety what was this? Ninety five. Yeah, 90, mid or late. Ninety six. Ninety six, ninety people missed it. That they started in ninety four, ninety five, ninety six yeah. when they did this. So, uh, so that surprised everybody. And so then that, then they just, then they just geared up and I mean, they poured in, they spent like a hundred million dollars producing all these tons and tons of episodes. And you were in second season. So you were in the one that was off and running. Yeah. So, so the way, what they found out was they, they made a lot of interesting discoveries, which was their, their numbers, uh, their television numbers for programming were higher. The more they repeated the same episode. And when they aired a new episode, it didn't generate higher numbers. And it really had nothing to do with the artist. It's just 
just yeah. our country is collectively dumbing down. Yeah, yeah. And they like to just be told the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> it's yeah, kind of yeah. it's kind of what it proved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so that's what they found out was every time they showed the same episode again, the numbers were strong, strong, got, get, just kept getting stronger and stronger. <sighs> so, so that was a, that was one of the interesting discoveries. And another thing, so they supplied this, they, they supplied bananas to all the local affiliates throughout the United States. So the great thing was I was exposed all throughout the United States. The bad thing was my episode and every episode for that matter, none of them aired at the same time on the same day. Oh, 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 it wasn't consistent. Right. So, so, so. Can you pull that in a little closer to you while you're talking? So every, so every television station, it was their own prerogative of what time of when they would show it. Yeah. Or if they would show it. Okay. Yeah. Cause you couldn't control that. So yeah. So I would tour around the country and then I would, you know, I would show up in different towns. I'd be in Owensboro, Kentucky. You wouldn't know when to pitch the show. Right. Well, I had no idea if (coughs) the show. So, you know, I'd have like 500 people show up at my show because they'd all seen me on television. Right. And then I'd go to Paducah or some other small town and they'd have no idea who I was. (laughs) So it was kind of, it was really cool. I got a taste of stardom. Yeah. But just the taste. <laughs> just enough to know that I, this is what you're missing out on. So you were, brand, you had like a, but you branded what you were doing really well. The village idiot thing. Uh, yeah. You had a thing. A lot yeah, of people I called myself the, vill- the village idiot, you know, so. You wore know, a funny kinda, hat and like it was well, branded. I wouldn't call it that funny, but it was just, I just wore a hat. <laughs> and I, you know, it's like, it was like a last minute decision because I was doing shows and when I, when I first met you. Yeah. We were doing shows out in Los Angeles together in the nineties. And you put me on your show. I remember that. And I remember being yeah. really impressed with you and the room. Now the show that I remember being on was you had a show on Highland, wasn't it on Highland? Uh, oh yes, Joby. That was on, uh, on sunset actually. Wasn't it on sunset? The one, the cafe, it was, uh, it wasn't on sunset. It was off. Of, it was right off of sunset on Highland that I remember. It was like, oh, a, okay. it was like in a furniture district. Uh, it was like in between, maybe. it was like in between West Hollywood and geez, I don't remember. And, we uh, did so much stuff. It was me and Mark Ryan and some people yeah, putting that stuff right. together. Yeah. But, uh, you know, who helped us with those is Roxanne Davis from MTV. She was like really down with doing wow. a comedy room. Roxanne Davis from MTV. You know, you knew her yeah. and never introduced me. Yeah. <laughs> I had no I idea. Never were, benefited me any except were, for these shows. You were hooked up with MTV. Yeah, not really. She was, but she was into the live thing. She was wanting to get a lot, of, a lot of comics coming through. So we would do with the main thing. I remember. I can't remember the name of the room, but it was on Sunset, and that's what I thought you were talking about. But we would have people come in like uh, from the road, and we would put them up. And then we did the Ha Ha Cafe, and you were on. I want to say you were on that one. I think I was. I think I probably was. But yeah. But the one I when remember you're was on Highland. Was okay. a little bit different. There was. Um, was was it at a was it at Los Feliz? You remember Los Feliz? Los Feliz. I'm thinking this room was like in between West Hollywood and Los Feliz. I don't know, man. You don't know I don't know. I remember so about. long ago. The uh, the one that we really put together was an interesting show. And maybe this is what you're talking about. Was uh, me and Dennis Hemphill and Mark Ryan, and then we added a couple, and it might have been you. Was at a theater, Acme Comedy Theater on La Brea. That's not yeah. it. Was that it? That's it. Yes. On okay. La Brea. You came to that. I did. Then that was a tricked out show, wasn't that it? That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a really unique show. It was a great audience. Yeah, <laughs> Interesting, it was on La Brea. Dude. That's right. So La Brea is yeah. just, that's right up the street from Charlie Chaplin Studios. Is it? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Colin. I lived there five years is ago. Is it? What you, how could you? 
I don't know all that. You I call yourself a comedian? I can't. Look, to me, you're comedy, up the street from the Charlie Chaplin Studios, yeah. and you just now find out twenty years later. I just don't. I just don't. I, <sighs> comedy to me is more about the rooms that I've visited along the way over the years. You know, it's more like the, it's, it's, to me, it gained all these different facets as I started doing, got into the corporate world, the college world, the cruise ship world, not in that order, by the way, but, uh, and always doing clubs and starting out in one nighters. I've done all that stuff and I loved all of it. And I still love all of it. I still was telling you earlier, I would still go do a shitty one nighter. You know, my whole, listen, my whole friendship with you, is based on the fact that you had a hot club, hot room <laughs> on La Brea, right yeah. down the street from Charlie Chaplin Studios. Yeah. And now all these years, I've realized uh, that, that not even aware of our it. friendship was it, was... it was a farce. It was, it was a fa- fallacy. <laughs> and you didn't even no, know. No, no you didn't even know that you were right up the street from the... Charlie Chaplin You were like Studios. in the epicenter. I thought you were such... I thought you were so important. Oh, who cares? <laughs> what is important? I knew where Starbucks was. <laughs> Dude, I just, for me, I would, I just remember wanting, you know, you know, the, the craving that never goes away of like the stage time, you just can't wait to get back up there and do what you're doing, you know? So, yeah. So I don't know, man. I mean, I've been to so many places that like, sometimes I'll go to a club and I know you had this happen. How many years have you been doing comedy, by the way? Oh, come on, man. I don't want to say. No, I've been doing it since I was like 12 years old. You were young, huh? I was doing magic shows when I was 12. Oh, I love that background. All right. right. Yeah. I've I've always done it. You've been to rooms. Where you're like, where you walk in and they start telling you where to go and what to do. And mm. you're like, oh, I've played this before. I played this room. Sure. Yeah. 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 And you didn't time. know till you were there. Right. Yeah. yeah I've had that time. happen now so many times. Oh, yeah. And that makes me happy. I love that moment where I'm like, That's, I've been in this theater. I've done this. It's depressing to me. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> oh, yeah. I love it. I can't tell you how many times I think, man, I am never coming back to this. <laughs> Keep hole yeah. again. I'm never 12, coming yeah. back here. And then twelve months later, then, like I'm here, like ten no ten years later, I come back. And I'm like, oh, it's, oh, it's sadder if it's eight months. Oh no, <laughs> I remember this club. You know, and yeah. Then, and then an old woman comes up. I remember your show. Oh no, no. no. she's gonna heckle again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you started with magic. Okay, mm-hmm. I got a buddy who I do cruise ships with who's just a really funny, interesting guy. And uh, I don't do him with him, but like uh, he shows up sometimes. He's there doing like a you're thing. Doing, you're doing the cruise ship? Action. Com- yeah, I do a couple. I do one line. Mm. Is uh, Royal Caribbean. Mm, and That's uh, like, like the best fleet. I like them. They have a comedy club. Sure, everybody yeah. wants to do Royal Caribbean. Royal's good. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. I will say this. I want to throw some shade. Princess, they put kids. They let them put kids in the audience. Uh-huh. And walk away. They let them put kids right there in the front yeah. row and walk away like yeah. it's a daycare. I've so done I'm that before. Never gonna. No, yeah. man, can't handle it. <laughs> so um, anyway, he comes on these cruise ships with us, um, playing a different kind of. He'll play the theater. Mm-hmm. He's what they call a headline act, um, where they put him in the theater, you know, on Thursday night, and he leaves, you know. Uh, but he does what's called action comedy. He's a unicycle writer and he's very funny so he's not like a stand-up and he would never claim to be and uh he's he's very high respect for what we do but um but he uh what's his name you're gonna tell me his name rick schnichter rick schnichter it's a funny name yeah it's a good name yeah well he goes by uh nouvelle or nouvelle yeah rick nouvelle nouvelle rick nouvelle and he's a Um, action comedy juggler yeah, yeah, he's a juggler. Uh, well, I think he juggles. He rides a unicycle and juggles and does it. But he, yeah. here's the deal: he grew up in Baltimore, much like you, very, very young, twelve years old. I hit didn't the grow streets, up in not in Baltimore. I mean, being a, a busker, he was a busker. So he was 
a street performer when oh, he was 12. I was, I never was You were 12, you were performing. Yeah, I was, but I was, I but was that, on magic. I was doing par- birthday parties. Yeah, but that's I the thing. A, if you're out there, you're out there, you're performing performer. at 12. <laughs> you're in the streets of Baltimore, in my mind. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, all right, whatever. That's now your past. Yeah, okay, if you say so. <laughs> no, but just that commonality of like, you were but 12 I, yeah. and you're out there doing the thing. I do have a lot of respect for people that are street performers. I know, me I too. Me too. That, that is, and dueling pianos to me is, is like, hard. it's like magic. It's like, um, it's mesmerizing. Yes. Voodoo. Yes, it is. It's hard, it's hard gig to do. I've seen some guys that can. That, I mean, that is like really tough. If you can put on a show in the in a street and get people pull people Good, in, it's and, a totally different art. Then, by I've the way, I've seen people do it, and I, you know, I'm like, I am not doing that. If you could do that, though, I've done it. Have you? Uh huh. Really? With Rick's guidance, really? Yeah, because I took a booking from like when I moved in Savannah. They were like, "You're a comedian. You do these fundraiser shows mm-hmm. and stuff like yeah. that. Hey, why don't you MC?" And kind of run our band stage at Oktoberfest. And I was wow. like, let's do it. And so there's a water, Savannah Waterfront Association called me, man. It's a big wow, deal. Wow, that's cool. I'll be the face of Savannah. Let's yeah. do this. We have all these yeah. celebrations and a lot of tourism. So yeah, I'm stoked. Mm-hmm. I was so proud, man. So she gives me about a week out. She gives me the, maybe two days, gives me this schedule. Okay, I got your slot here. I got your slot here. You're doing a slot here. And these are two hour sections in between bands and things. Just do your stand up and stuff in there. And there's like five of them. I'm like, are you nuts? You want me to do two hours of stand up five times in two days? That's craziness. And to people walking by with beer and hot dogs? No, 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 no. That's a nightmare. Yeah. So I called Rick and I'm like, what do I do here? And uh, he goes, all right, here's how you do it. And uh, I started researching different things and little tricks and games and stuff like that. And he taught me the principles of street performing. Hmm. He taught me some basic fundamentals of street performing. Okay. You don't do this, you do that. You say this, by the way, when you're trying to get these people in, these people matter. Look at those people. Try to get those people to listen to those people. Um, look for the, the, the so-and-so in the group. You know, He just taught me all these things. Wow, he really? spent time with me and geared me up for it. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt at least somewhat prepared. And I just, I just did street performing. Mm-hmm. I created games, you, and it, it was great. Did, would you say that that has... Uh has it strengthened your... That's what I was going to say, is that then I hit the road again after that following week, and I felt I felt powerful and uh, a million pounds lighter. Really? Oh, yeah. Because you had that new skill. I had a new skin. Yeah. Yeah, you can't... I mean, dude, Yeah. I had been ignored by in a different way right. <laughs> than we get ignored as stand-ups. Right. And I had overcome it. Right. In many scenarios during that two yeah. night, two days or whatever that I was there. That's doing. true. Having a bad show is really the best thing can happen. Sometimes. To you because you just, you kiss, you know, comedians are typically obsessive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you just obsess over and maybe over, and over e- again. Maybe a little ego in there too? Well, sure. But, you know, it just eats at you. Just eat. Well, what, what could I have, what should I have done? Why did I, I should have never said that. Dude. I can't believe they laughed at that, but they didn't laugh at this, you know? And then what if I had opened with that? that thing that they all laughed mm-hmm. at, you know, and then you just, you just replay it over and over a million times in your head. And then, yeah, you, if you find yourself in the same scenario, boom, you know, then you're, I just realized something when you're saying that, that I was listening to you. I don't want you to think I wasn't listening to you. I was, but it triggered something. There are people that always want to say like, oh, I could do comedy. I always wanted to do comedy. I had a woman selling me pants the other day. It was like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're like, you know, you're doing what I would like to do. I think I could do comedy. And, uh, and you, you wonder, like, could they? You don't know them, you know? I guess everybody could, but some people just don't have that thing. Mm-hmm. 
if you, and I'll say, if you're listening to this and, and, you, and this is you, if you have a conversation with a group of people and maybe an intimate one-on-one conversation that evening, maybe at a dinner party or whatever with one or two people, and then you spend the next 24 hours thinking about what you should have said or how you should have said it in any one of those conversations, you can definitely be a comedian. <laughs> That's real, right? Uh, yeah. That's an attribute. Yeah, just, to, yeah, that self-analysis. That makes you a co- comedian. Analyzing. You know, I think, you know, I think just knowing who you are is like, is, is the whole thing. You know, that's the thing. If you, so if you're trying to discover who you are on stage, you know, that is going to slow you down. But I've seen people just come out of the gate strong. I know. Like, and I tell you, the person that, that leaps to mind when I say that uh, is uh, Henry Cho. Oh, yeah. Do you know Henry? Yeah. I don't know him personally, but I know his act, and he's yeah. a very per- personable guy, yeah. a very likable personality. Yeah, he is. And uh, he's very funny. He's a great guy. You know, so I was actually he's nothing to be. He doesn't seem like he's hiding anything or ashamed of anything he thinks or is. Mm-hmm. Would you say that's an accurate assessment? Yeah, yeah. So that helps, I think, with what we're talking. He about. just, you know, he just, um, he just, he plays with the percep, with the way he just plays with the perception. He knows what people are thinking. He knows what people expect from him, and then he plays against that, you know, perspective. So people don't expect him to talk southern. He's got oh a, right, yeah, he's got yeah. a heavy southern accent. Yeah, comedy but, surprise. Right, but he's you know uh, uh, Korean. Uh, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Two white guys trying so, to figure out which anyway, country can, his. I can, you know came I used from. to when I got started in stand up. I got started actually my first paid gig. I was one of the open micers. Well, yeah, I was one of the open micers at the Funny Bone in Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh wow! But uh, but my first paid gig was actually in Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah. And so so I competed with all the open micers there for the funniest person in Tennessee competition, and I won one one particular night. You know, so all the winners came back to the finals. You know, which was like I don't know six weeks later or something like that. So when I went back six weeks later, I asked one of the waitresses there. I said, uh, "I said, well, she's like, oh, you're so funny. You're great. I think you're going to do really well. I go, thanks. Who, who else do you think is funny that might do well? You know? And she goes, well, that guy over there, he, he won last weekend. He was real good. I'll go, oh, really? Okay. So I walked over to the guy and introduced myself, and it was Henry. Henry Cho. It was Henry Cho. And I said, excuse me, I, I hear that you're really funny. Uh, congratulations. I heard you won last weekend. Let me ask you, how, how long have you been doing stand-up? And he says to me, well, let's see. I, he goes, yeah. He said, well, I guess yeah. tonight will be my second time oh on stage. Oh, my gosh. And I, you know, I, I'd been doing comedy for like nine months. So I was like, I considered myself a veteran. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'd been doing the comedy clubs for nine, you know, open yeah. mics and uh, all that for nine months. Yeah, everybody knows Joby. Yeah. <laughs> So I was like, okay, all right, well, good luck, kid. Yeah, sure. And then he goes up and wins. Oh, yeah. And, but, you know, just but from the very beginning, he just had this smooth, extreme confidence. He has a light in his eyes. A what? Uh, a what? <laughs> you know. I mean, like a lantern? What are you yeah, talking about? like a little light. Like no, just light? how he's, his personality has a yeah. light, is a light yeah. in his eyes. Uh-huh. Yeah, so you're, you, you, you uh, yeah, some just, people have that naturally, and then yeah. you kind of, people are drawn to it. So yeah. you can't deny that. Yeah. So I've seen that with some, with, you know, some comics, they just, they know, you know, you know, that's the big, if you're a character and if you know your character right out of yeah. the gate, you know. Then How long before you created the village idiot? Well, you know, I didn't, re- I didn't really feel like I created it. You know, yeah. it's just, I've always done, I've always enjoyed and pretended and I've always had a lot of fun with various volumes of stupidity. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I don't want to, 
turn people off. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to offend anybody or turn anybody off or anything like that. So, so I, I don't know. I think I just, I think I just kind of do it subconsciously. I just kind of do it. You know, it's just a goofy thing that I enjoy doing. And yeah. sometimes it's your sense of humor. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'll go out, you know, they'll introduce me and I'll go out on stage and it's just the greatest feeling in the world when you can go up there and get big laughs without saying anything. Yeah. Don't say a word. Yeah. Just from your attitude, just from your walk, yeah, just yeah. from your look. Yeah. So I would always do that and always play around with that. Uh-huh. But I tell you the truth, I have, you That's know. That's inspiring, by the way. I have some regrets. You know, I have some regrets because I went through a period in my stand-up career where, I, and I remember having a conversation with my agent at the time. So are, we, are we about to have a, a Barbara Walters moment? <laughs> I have some regrets. But anyway, I was talking to my <clears throat> agent, uh, Jay, Jay Pesic, who was my agent uh, at the time in Nashville. And a great guy, terrific guy. And he was just he was just booking me constantly. And uh, yeah, it was a very, very enjoyable period. Yeah. And, Where you're uh, like, no, tell them no. <laughs> <laughs> and but I remember telling Jay, I was like, I don't know. It's the weirdest thing. I just feel like, I feel like the dumber I act, it's like I, it, they just laugh. I can't, it's like, I can't do any wrong. And of course he was egging me on at the time, you know, but I, so I would just, you know, I would just go out and, you know, and just, you know, do the show, you know, I just, you know, do it like this, you know, it's like, I got, you know, I got this tune stuck on my head. I've been humming all day, you know, you know, yeah. you know, I woke to it on my alarm clock and I've been humming this same tune. I can't get it out of my head. Yeah. You know, it's just, that is so and I used to, I used to go I out. I love that simple I used to, joke, man. I used to do, uh, I used to do, I had this bit that I did about, I took this IQ test, you know, and, you know, and there was like, you know, it was like five questions and I thought, well, it doesn't look that hard, you know? So mm-hmm. I was like, click, boom, five more questions. <laughs> it took me like six hours to do the whole test, you know, and I finally, I get to the end and they said that, you know, for for twenty dollars, I can find out my complete results. You know? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, you know. So I sent in the twenty bucks, and and they said that for another twenty dollars, they're gonna they're gonna show me ways to raise my IQ. <laughs> so I'm still waiting for that to come in the mail, you know. And every and the thing with it is, like every time I would do this bit, every time I would talk, I would yeah. go, I would open my show with it, and then I and then I I think I got a little bit out of control. Because oh. I just, I started to really just amp it up more and more and yeah. more. And there were people in the audience that really wanted to kill me. <sighs> They're like, you're not going to do that for the whole show, are you? Oh, I'm like, yeah, man. I think I'm going to, I think I will. Did, did it start out as a piece? And then yeah, it, just it just started became how you were on but stage? The, yeah, it just, it just, it just, it just, you know. The thing of it is, it's like, you know, the character and the extreme character yeah. is very effective. Yes. When you are doing a show with 30 other comedians Mm -hmm. and, you know, and everybody's, you know, you, you go to a show and most of the comedy clubs and you know, it's like there's 30 comedians and you know, to tell you the truth, most of the comics are doing the same material of the time, whatever the the, time, right. It's it's hard to stand out. You know, Mm -hmm. they're all doing the same kind of, you know, variation, uh, you know, of one of the three, I would Mm say. And so, you know, for me, that, that extreme character made me stand out. I felt like it was, so it was kind of, and it worked. it worked for that. It worked for that. It worked, and I have to say, it was, I was, it was really effective for a thirty-minute show. Uh, but headlining, after, 
Yeah, but headline. But I was, you know, I was head. I was headlining for years before I was before I took the character to that level. Oh, really? So, so when I started, but when I was headlining and I was doing it as the extreme character, I was having a little trouble. Oh, because it would drag into yeah, the forty minute like, mark. And yeah, like, and my, I had my closer, but my closer didn't mix well with the character. Okay, and I would try to do the. I would try to do the. Uh, I would try to do the. You know, a headline. I would try to do my closing routine as the as the village idiot, as that character. And it wasn't that effective. <laughs> so they could tell it was contrived, that you weren't actually a well, complete Well, yeah, idiot. the cracks started to show. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, did you did yeah. you gear back out of it? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I just go in and out of it from time to time. I don't really think about it. Now it's just a character that's there you know, telling but, a joke, kind of. You, you know, the thing was just like, you know, I got a lot of slack from friends and family. It's like, why do you want to call yourself the village idiot? But... But the truth of the matter is, uh, you know, uh, I didn't have any work until I called myself the village idiot. Yeah. You weren't standing out. Well, it just, I don't know why. Enough I mean, or whatever. My, you know, my name is Sad. <laughs> Joby Sad. The happy. You'd think that would be catchy enough. But, but, but you know, but the thing with this is like with my name, nobody believes that it's my real name. Oh, yeah. Right. So then it's all contrived. So yeah, it sounded hokey. So... So, but that is my real name. Yeah. You know, I'm, I mean, I didn't make it up. I mean, that's my name. Did you have a bit about it? <laughs> did you do a bit about it? You know, it's so to cr- get away from that. Yes, I did. I've done a lot of bits about my it bet. o- over the years, but I never really had a bit that I loved. Oh, it, yeah, it was yeah, never yeah. funny to me. To me, it's just my name. So I never thought it was that hilarious. Oh, right. right? Yeah, I never thought course. it was that funny. So, you know, what's amazing is uh, Jimmy Brogan, you know, Jimmy yeah, Brogan. Yeah, I know him real well. Yeah, yeah. great guy. Love so, that guy. So, yeah, he is so funny. And so, so, I did a show with him, you know, a couple of years ago and he told me, he was like, you know, he said the same thing to me, you know, how come you don't do jokes about your name? And I'm like, oh, you know, it's just, you know, when you see me, uh, I'm only doing 10 minutes and I don't want to take up my 10 minutes with, with what I think is my weak material or my weak. Right. Material. I just never, you don't want to open it. with it for sure, but that would yeah. be where you'd put it, you know? And I tell you, I used to work a lot with uh, Al Lubell, do you know? Al, uh, yeah, Al Lubell. He'd so sing it. Yeah. He sang Lubell. Yeah. So he is off on another. Lubell. He's on another level of he's he wants to talk. Eventually, he's going to get to a point. In fact, he's probably there now where he he could do a forty an hour long show on his name, just his name. Uh, it's it's yeah. But I mean, for him to go up and do ten minutes on his name is nothing. It's amazing. And so, and, and he typically does. He'll typically do ten minutes on Al just Lubell. his name. So, I yeah, I met him in uh, at the pie shop up in Valencia one time. And oh, he was, really? Like, doing that thing? I'm like, <laughs> what is he doing? So. So, but anyway, I would hang out with, we and Al and I were good friends. We were roommates and stuff. And so I would, so I'm not going to joke about my name because he's got that base covered. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. He's going to go all out on that. So that's probably part of it. Anyway, so Brogan says to me, he goes, you know, it's really been bothering me. And I, I got a joke for you, I think, that you could use. All right. And I'm, and I just, I'm thinking, okay, here we go. Whatever. All right, fine. Whatever. Wait, what is it, Jimmy? And he tells me this joke. And I, I thought to myself, okay, well, that's fine, whatever. You know, he's the head writer. He was the head writer of the Tonight Show. Yeah, I know. He knows his you know, shit. He's like, you know, he's one of the best comics ever. He's started out with Seinfeld and best friends with Jay Leno. And so yeah. I probably should listen to this guy. <laughs> yeah, if anyone. <laughs> right. So he so said, we were doing a show together, and I figured, well, Jimmy will get it. You know, if nothing else, Jimmy will get a kick out of it just to see me go up and bomb. Yeah. With the, yeah, he's going to laugh. Joke. The, yeah, and be right. the one laughter. Yeah, yeah, that's always the thing. You give somebody a joke, and then you're the one guy laughing yeah. when he does it. I'm like, okay, whatever. I don't, fine, I'll give it I'll give it to Jimmy. I'll give it up for him. <laughs> and he's in the back of the Hermosa Comedy of Magic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So so anyway so I so I'll go up and do this do do I would go up and do his joke and I say and the joke is uh, you know my name is Joby Sad 
Sad is actually a Lebanese name. It means depressed. <laughs> that's funny. In, in Lebanese. That's really funny. And uh, Is that the joke? That's the joke. That's really funny. Well, you know what's amazing? It just kills. I bet it does. It's simple and funny, man. It's so simple, so funny. And normally, you know, for my, for my whole career, you know, I'm, ha- <laughs> I'm having a hard time keeping up, but I- I usually open up my show with a big dance number. I have to come out and dance for three minutes. Because you get, like the uh, nonverbal communication. I like the nonverbal <laughs> communication. And, and That's I don't, your cross to I bear. Don't, I don't want to burn my material in the beginning oh, of my show, so I, yeah. I work my butt off. I know guys that don't want to burn their material at radio to promote the show. I didn't know, <laughs> I've never met anybody who doesn't want to burn their material at the show. No, no, I don't want to do it at the show. No, I just, you know, the thing with this, like, until you get some big laughs, then then your good, then your A material is not going to get big laughs. Oh, okay, so you're you know, saying, you got to yeah. warm the crowd up to you. You know, the, <sighs> the audience has to figure, understand this, who you are. It sounds like a disaster the way you're it describing. It is. It's terrible. <laughs> but I, so I can't believe I walk out on stage now. Then, thanks to Jimmy Brogan, I go out there and I do this simple, simple joke. Bam! And it just it gets a huge. I, every time I do it, I'm like, I can't believe. You've been I missing could, this I the never whole time. I thought of that myself. I know, I know. Right in front of you. The right whole, in my whole face, time. my whole yeah. life. My mom uh, passed a couple of years ago, and my friend wrote a joke for me that was just off the chain funny. I still do it. Um, I, I adapted it and made it meaner. Uh, for or Actually, I think he wrote it meaner, and then I changed it into nicer. But um, it's that she passed away two years ago, and uh, I don't like to refer to her as gone. So that's a little more vulnerable and nice. Sure. The other way is meaner. But sure. I don't like to refer to her as, as gone for two years. I refer to her. I like to refer to her as one year sober. <laughs> I think it took about a year, if I'm being honest. Oh, yeah? So, yeah, so that joke right there, uh, you know, leads me into the other stuff about sure. being a drinker and all that. But it's all a very wrong. funny bite joke. Oh, the way wow. we originally told it, was uh, my mother, uh, after 65 years of hard drinking, has been sober for 12 months. Um, she's been dead for 13, but that's a win. We call it stone cold sober, sober oh, in our gosh. family. <laughs> so that's just a meaner joke, harder right. to get across. Right. But um, but he wrote that joke, and it's- Who it, wrote it? Uh, a friend of mine, Adam. Oh, oh, Adam. And it, um, yeah. That one, okay. and so there, so he wrote that one, and then he wrote another one, which you may have well, seen. Well, it's kind of good in a way that the 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 harsh joke about your mother, you didn't write. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, that's good. But then, <laughs> then he wrote another one that we actually refers to her about uh, smoking pot when we were kids. You know, you had to smoke it with mom if you wanted to smoke pot. You had to smoke it with mom because she smoked. We knew it, you know, and all that. Mm-hmm. And anyway, it leads into I have kids of my own, and I. Uh, and um, you know how much I would, how much I want to smoke those little lunatics out, and uh, and so just trying to like come up with that thought. And he goes, dude, how how, how long? Uh, you know how easy it'd be to hotbox a one year old into a nap. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, that was the joke, right? So he wrote that one and the other uh-huh. one. And one time I'm at his club. He owns a couple clubs. Uh-huh. He he, I'm at his club and I did uh, a shorter spot because we were doing these little headline five headliners special mm-hmm. thing. And uh, the two biggest laughs I got were those two jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and he just, he did, as soon as I came off, he's in the green room. Hey, 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 come here. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Because they're concise, man. Yeah. We write for ourselves yeah. in these bigger, more grandiose ways mm-hmm. or kind of more convoluted. We think, overthink, we double think, we, yeah. you know, put all this shit in. But yeah. but when you're writing for someone else, there's ref, there's this refined way you do it. I've written for other people. And I think it's, um, I think it's a different, 
you, you can always tell when a really good comedian has hired some good comedians to help him write new material. Mm. There's this really refined, and then he makes it his own, but there's mm. really sharp jokes there. Bam, mm. bam, bam. Right. It's different. I, I don't have any of that I stuff. I like that style. But anyway, congratulations, <laughs> uh, Colin, on uh, headlining here at the MGM Grand, uh, Brad Garrett's Comedy Club tonight. Tonight. You go this on tonight release. at 8 this o'clock. Won't release. This won't come out for, you know, months. Well, I'm just kidding. It's going to come out in a week or in a week. Well, whatever. Or it's still. I just. I, I'm. I'm in the moment right okay, now. Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. Just yeah. Rejoicing. Thank you. And I'm very excited about your show uh, tonight. And uh, so you're headlining. And now, what? Now, what? Ask, what are you? What are you looking forward to about the show in particular? Is are you going to do some new material tonight? Or? Yes, I'm trying to build a new album. So the new album yeah. has a lot of stuff that, like I said, it's overwritten, has no ending, stuff mm. like that. You know. So these are big stories, and mm. it's really like. It's like uh, when you, I feel like when you do that kind of material in a set like tonight where I got to follow Brad, you know, Brad's tough as nails as far as like crowd work and all that stuff. He's mm. just like gunning and he hasn't been on that stage since November. So he's going to yeah. be just burning and burning well, and burning. He's also a celebrity, you know, and he's a celebrity has that power. People, they want to see him. Yeah. So, so, but he's very respectful and he tries to set the stage up as the best, you know, the very best he can for us. Mm-hmm. And, and then he passes it off and then we got to do what we do. Mm-hmm. So um, it's going to be like walking into a, uh, ice cold shower, you know, uh, you, to try to do new material. That's yeah. how I, I, I that's now kind of, you, a, let me good, ask you this. Do you ever like do, when, when he brings you on stage, will will you like banter with him? Sometimes I mess around a little. Yeah. We goof mm-hmm. off a little like, yeah. I'll, yeah, I mean, he doesn't, he kind of does that on his own. And then, um, you know, occasionally I'll make fun of him or do something, but I don't want to involve him too much. Cause it's a little distracting mm-hmm. to the crowd. I think it's good to have a nice clean cut. I would just, uh, I would make him stand through your whole set. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I've done that. <laughs> we used to have a show we did in Hollywood, me and my buddies where you would go up and you'd do, I can't remember what we called it. It was a good idea. We'd go up and you'd do stand up, and then you'd introduce the next comedian and you'd go sit down in a chair. Oh. And then yeah. he'd do 10 minutes and then, or seven or whatever, and then mm. he'd introduce the next comedian. He'd sit down in a chair. Mm. Pretty soon you'd have five comics up there. And then um, you the, the tail end of the show, the last quarter of the show mm. or whatever it was, or third, mm-hmm. would be us uh, giving each other shit about each other's bits and then going up and trying to redo them or doing, them, doing that other bit a better way or like messing with the material and the whole concept of stand up, wow. And it was really cool. Sounds like a lot of uh, wasted creativity. It really was. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, uh, no, that's but, cool. but that, that's uh, idea. but yeah. that, that's what uh, Brad likes to break out of the box a little. And so he'll, yeah. he'll try to talk to you and hang out with you and maybe pop back out of the, you know, curtain. Or sure. do, yeah. He's fun. Yeah. But, that's um, going to be a lot of fun. All right. So, but anyway, Knock the new dead. material thing, mm-hmm. that's a big deal to me right now because I went through years of not writing new material. I mm-hmm. went through six or seven years of not writing new material. Mm-hmm. Have you ever gone through a phase like that where you just didn't well, create? Mm, yes and no. I mean, yeah, I've, I've gone through long phases where, I, I mean, I haven't, uh, you know, I mean, it kind of bothers me that, you know, I, I like to invent new ways of presenting old mater- material. Yeah, that's a thing. So, and Showmanship. I'm, I'm actually good at it. But uh, yeah. So, uh, so actually, what I'm doing right now is I'm revamping my show right now. What I've kind of what I've always done is, like, typically I'll open my show up with a song, and I'll come out dancing like an idiot to yeah. a song. Yeah. And so, and, and the great thing about it is when, you know, whatever hot whatever song is like really hot. Yeah. You know, I'll open up with that song and I'll change a few lines here and there in my show. And it just kind of gives a fresh, 
It's like I got this fresh, brand new, all new show, all based off my opening dance number. Yeah, yeah. Because people it's are a like, hot oh, new song. wow, it's so, you know. So like, like lately, I've been opening up to uh, 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 it's called what's uh, uh, Portugal the Man. <laughs> you know, Portugal the Man. Yeah. Uh, feel it still. You know that song. Feel it. Yeah, I mean, it rocks. Feels good. Music feels good. I feel, I feel like I'm cheating because the crowd just gets so into it and I have nothing to do with it. You're just moving around. Yeah. But it's nonverbal communication and you're letting yeah. them know you're goofy. You're setting the stage. Yes. So what I'm doing now is, you know, I've, I've done this my whole career, 30 years, pretty much. 30? Almost 30 years. Yeah, 30 years. of that. This has been my method. Mm-hmm. So now I'm doing the opposite. <laughs> so now I've got a new show that I'm, that I'm branding and I'm presenting. It's called uh, uh, That 70s Comedy Show. Really? Yeah. That's and interesting. So it's an all 70s show. Because I'm sick and tired of having to update my act. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so it's, just, it's just laziness. Right. Okay. So, so I have all this material that's about the seventies that, that I've pretty much been doing. Oh, that's interesting, man. So it's just a way to market it to come out old, to some seventies music. So I'm going to come out to older, I'm going to come out to some older music instead. That's smart. And yeah, so it's, it seems to be working. We sold out all our shows in Tahoe. And uh, so, yeah. And how'd it go? The crowds loved it? Well, they went crazy. Yeah. They yeah. Went nuts. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, you know, I talk about Evil Knievel and I talk about everything from the 70s, which is the same show I've always done. <laughs> I just, I just, I'm just not pretending to be young anymore. That's all. Yeah, That's the yeah, only yeah, thing yeah, that's yeah, changed. Yeah. Let yeah. me ask you this. You yeah. are a very, you've always been a very fit guy and you were yes, uh, a top little shape, bit. Top shape. Top little shape. Top shape. You're top a little shape. bit, uh, a little bit muscular uh, now and when I met you as well. What are you talking about? A little uh, bit. Excuse me. Extremely excuse muscular. Me. I was just being uh, subtle. <laughs> uh, yeah, but do you do you like f- uh, fitness on the road? Is that a big thing to you? Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, okay. Colin. You know, I was the uh, I was you know I competed in the teenage USA. Did you really? Two years in a row. Yeah, took third both years. Did you really? Like yeah. bodybuilding and yeah, the whole for, thing? I was a bodybuilder. Okay. Oh, okay. So yeah, I competed in that. And I won the Mr. Mid-Central USA competition, 1983. Really? Yeah. You look like uh, if Lou Ferrigno wasn't yeah. like weird looking. Yeah. So. <laughs> I do. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm squat right now. I'm squatting 315 for 15. Yeah. Is that a measurement? No, I mean 315 pounds. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm bragging about my lifts. Oh, got it, got it. Your lifts. Yeah, my yeah. Lift. I'm doing yeah, no, one for three. No, I just don't know those. I don't. I, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm a grappler, so I don't. You like, don't know poundage. You don't know. Well, I just don't know the. Me- I always give people shit when they do that because I, I don't know the thing. Three wheels. You have no idea what I'm talking about. Mm. Three wheels. Yeah, three wheels. It's like a tricycle. No, Colin. <laughs> oh, oh, forty fives. Yeah, forty five plates. Right. 45 You're throwing plates. three wheels on either side. Exactly. That's six wheels total. Very, very good. Bang! Three fifteen <laughs> for fifteen. I know the deal. All right. I'm in. Go. <laughs> I'll go lift with you now. Yeah, very good. Yeah, we'll have to work out. So you're squatting big mm-hmm. weight. Well, yeah, I used to squat really heavy, but but you know, for an old man, it's, you know, that's what I'm old man. I'm old, old man being forty two. Okay. All right. Let's just. <laughs> Hey, I'm 49. I'm 49. Really? I had no idea. I thought I'm you were 49. a lot younger. I'm 49 years old. Oh, okay. Well, I shouldn't yeah. be too ashamed. No, we're All roughly right. the same age. Right. I, listen, I got to get going. I got to meet a buddy of mine at right. six. And you live you in got a hard the out. second tower. I'm you, just going to take me forever to get over You got there. a hard out. 
Yeah, I got to get out. Joby Saz got a hard out. Thank you much for having me over here. I loved you having you on here. Thank you. Dude, let's do it. Yeah, thank you very much for our sponsors. Thank you to ForMyCard.com, PostRollPodcast.com. Thank you to Joby Sad. Where do we find you on social media? Yeah, JobySad.com. S-A-A-D. Yes. What's the nationality? Lebanese. I just said it. It is Lebanese. Yes, of course. Oh, I thought Jimmy Brogan made that up. No. He doesn't know Lebanon from Saudi Arabia. Yes. Yeah, I'm half Lebanese and half Irish. Really? Yes, really. What does that mean? You can't control how much falafel you eat? I, I don't know, know what that it's means. My parents always fought. Your parents always fought? Yeah, pretty much. Is that a big... Is there a lot of, like, conflict between the Irish and the Lebanese? There's just... There's just yeah, they, they, you know, Irish, they just love to fight. You know, they oh, fight yeah, all the yeah. time. And so Middle Eastern, they're always hot-headed. So, yeah, it's not a good combination, really. Did you ever go to the Laugh Factory? Sure. Yeah, so sure. You met Jamie Mazzotta? Oh, yeah. Also I, a Lebanese yeah, man. No, he's Proud not. Lebanese man. Well, I thought he was... I didn't know Lebanese. Was, really? Oh, another thing. Could have been working the... the you, all you had to do is... Oh, man. You could have used the Lebanese angle. You blew it, dude. <laughs> 30 years later, I tell you. I know. <laughs> I can't believe it. Joby said... Uh,